Welcome to the Property CEO Podcast, your inside track to the world of property with your hosts, Ian Child and Richie Clapson. Hello and welcome to the Property CEO Podcast. My name's Richie Clapson. I'm here with the wonderful Ian Child. Thank you very much. Hello, everyone. And in this episode, Ian's going to be uh, taking a look at five essential mindset and personal development tools that will help you be more successful. Isn't that right? Absolutely, yeah. There's so much stuff that's been written about personal development, but most of us, frankly, don't have time to read about it or let alone do it. So I wanted just to zoom in on, on five areas that I think can make a huge difference. So basically... Do these five things and you'll definitely be more successful. Right, that's great. Can't wait to hear, uh, you know, what they're going to be. So uh, uh, for that, what have you been up to this week? Do you know, I've actually been doing some staff training this week, Uh, which has been a whole lot of fun, actually. Yeah, I heard about that. Well, we've had a a new starter, so I've been been showing her the ropes. Yeah, and uh, the poor thing in my office of the day, you left her a little bit shell-shocked, didn't you? Did I? <laughs> not not intentionally, I have to say. Yeah, you know, I definitely think that you've got some excessive work practices you need to think about changing. That's okay, sure. well, that's a bit a bit subjective. Why would you say that they were excessive? But, but, okay, well, we had a meeting, didn't we, with our new uh, starter on day one to ease her in gently. Really? Just to get yeah. her settled in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, what did you do? You sent her 12 emails between 2am and 4am in the next morning and gave her a whole lot of work to do. I was just being productive. Yeah, but it's not right, is it? You know, that's when you're supposed to be asleep. She came to see me the next day and she asked, she said, uh, you know, could she expect to get 12 emails a day or, or, or a night <laughs> from us? Uh, and if so, did she have to reply to them all in the middle of the night? Well, that would clearly be ridiculous. Yeah, and then, of course, what's next? Your training videos. Oh, yeah? What's wrong with my training videos? Well, basically, you've recorded yourself doing a task on your laptop so that the team can see how it's done, which, okay, in principle, that's great. Okay, that's very kind of you, although I do sense um, that there is a but coming. There is a but. Look, at least I thought it was great until I realised you're actually multitasking whilst you were making them. Of course, that's massively more efficient. Yeah, but it doesn't make for very easy listening. Our poor new starter played me some of your highlights, and frankly, I'm in the mind boggles. (laughs) What do you mean? Well, the noise is in the background. You you seem to be doing a lot of other stuff whilst whilst you were recording. Okay, I'm worried now. Uh, (laughs) Vacuuming, for example, that was going on. Well, that wasn't... That wasn't me cleaning. I simply <laughs> happened to wander into a room where someone was hearing. Yeah, yeah. And you thought that would add some sort of drama, did you? I mean, why would you want to record a training video next to someone else who's operating a vacuum cleaner? It oh, doesn't make on. sense. It was only for a few seconds. Yeah, OK. But, well, you know, what about the dogfight you appeared to break up? That was on there as well. <laughs> that wasn't, didn't take very long either, yeah, did it? Yeah, and then at one point you made a sandwich. I was hungry. Yeah, and then you ate it. What was I supposed to do with it? Well, you... <laughs> Come on, perhaps you could, you know, you could have had a sandwich maybe before you start filming a training video. Alternative, you could have had one afterwards. I mean, unless you're Nigella out there, you know, most sane people don't actually eat a sandwich in the middle of making a training video, do they? Well, and for what I lost, so I don't think you are Nigella. I, there's, there's, we have some distinct differences. But <laughs> well, absolutely. I think you're being very picky, if I'm honest. Uh, well, I was just making... The best yeah. use of my time. Yeah, but do you know how off-putting it is listening to someone gorge themselves on a BLT whilst you're trying to learn the ropes? <laughs> poor little thing. You know, she's still a poor little thing. You know, don't you, you should listen to your training videos before you send mm. them out. Okay, do you know what? I think we need to have a little bit of a reality check. Let's just kind of get a bit of a 
a perspective okay. here. I mean, I made an internal training video showing the team, I think it was how to upload the show notes to one of our podcast episodes. That's yeah. what it was. I may or may not have had a, a cheeky BLT whilst I did it. There you are. But what were you expecting? What were you, I mean, are we putting, are we putting out my training videos up for a BAFTA now? No, I didn't say that. And if I happen to have a cup of coffee and a sandwich whilst I make a video, then, you know, so what? I, th- I just think it, I don't know, it adds a touch of realism. Makes me appear real and, you know, more more human. I think it'll take more than that. <laughs> Scoffing a BLT to make you look human. But look, you definitely have a problem, don't you? How come you do all your best work in the wee hours of the morning? What's wrong with sleeping like normal people? Well, look, some people just need more sleep than others. You know, Maggie Thatcher, four hours. I need about five hours. You need about 12 and a half. Most people need, what, between seven and eight? We're just all different. True, true. Plus, I notice, frankly, that I get a lot more done when you're not around to bother me. Oh, charming. I'm just saying, I, th- I think you need to get your own house in order before you start lobbing stones at my greenhouse. Yeah, well, what's wrong with my work practices? Crikey, how long have you got? OK, don't answer that. I dread to think <laughs> what stuff you're going to probably make up. <laughs> anyway, look, all's well that ends well. You'll be glad to know that I managed to smooth things over with our new recruit. She no longer thinks that you're a weirdo, oddball, workaholic who doesn't sleep. Really? Yeah, absolutely. She now knows that you're a weirdo, oddball, workaholic... <laughs> who does get some sleep, but just not at the same time as normal people. So it's all sorted. Thank you so much. That's okay. It's my pleasure. Look, you know, to be honest, I I actually have always seen myself a bit of a Henry Kissinger figure when it comes to dealing with the interstaff relations. What? Short and round? No, 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 no. That's a bit rude, isn't it? You know, being able to smooth things over, get people working, you know, harmoniously together, that sort of thing. It's a gift. I've I've had it a whole whole working life. Really? Hadn't... If I'm honest, picked up on that, I had to say. It's a, is it a talent that only works with other people? I mean, it's not, it's not something I'd associate with our own working relationship, for example. Well, what do you mean? Well, I mean, you can be, um, you know, a bit argumentative. That's rubbish. Some. See, there Complete you go rubbish. Arguing away. You don't even know you're doing it. Um, <laughs> I, it's like the other day. It's rubbish. <laughs> the other day, um, you bizarrely started an argument about chocolate bars in the office. you remember? Oh, well, yeah, yeah, I do, yeah. But technically, I still maintain I was absolutely right. If you consider the plant that chocolate comes from, it technically is one of your five a day. I was <laughs> right. But quite apart from the fact that that argument is so utterly ridiculous, I mean, what chances are there of... Oh, what chances are there of finding a, a healthcare professional who honestly thinks that eating five chocolate bars a day is going to be good for you? Just goes to highlight my point. Which is what exactly? I don't know. <laughs> I can't actually remember. Uh, but I'm absolutely positive it was a really good point, whatever it was. Yeah, I'm sure it was. Can I make a suggestion? Go on then. Shall we talk about mindset instead? Okay, let's. Okay, fantastic. Cards on the table. I think mindset and personal development are probably you know, absolutely critical when it comes to, to life and business generally, and, and, and not just in property. I think business and, and life is really important. And it's an area that you know, it really fascinates me because you can see and feel the benefits you know, almost uh, immediately. So you've got five things on your list, Ian. Uh, what's the first one? Let's get stuck straight in. Okay, so, uh, so just to recap, I want to talk about the things that will really uh, make a difference to your results because there's tons and tons of personal development stuff out there. And what I think a lot of people want is to be able to just focus on the stuff 
that they can do that will give them the biggest impact. Okay, that sounds good. Okay, so the first thing you've got to have right at the top of your list is to set personal goals. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean some kind of vague aspirations to be happy, wealthy and healthy and all that. I mean some very specific goals that are written down and which you're actively working towards you know, every day. Now, it doesn't have to be a difficult exercise, but the problem is that without any goals, you're, you're just drifting on the tide. You're not in control of the direction that your life is going in, and, and you're just going to end up um, where the tide takes you. Now, Richie, you, uh, I've heard, like boats, don't you? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's been said I'm partial to the, uh, to the odd speedboat. Okay, so this analogy is for you. So imagine that you've been stranded in the middle of the ocean, miles from land, and you've got a choice of craft. So you can, you can either choose a life raft, you can choose a sailing boat, or you can choose a motorboat. Okay, let me, let me just get into state. Let me think about that. I'll take the motorboat. <laughs> <laughs> Easy tiger. I haven't finished. The, um, okay, let, let's look at them individually. The life raft, well, that's, that's simply going to keep you afloat. But, of course, you've got no control over which direction you're going. So who knows where you'll end up. You could end up on a tropical beach, which would be great, or you could roam around an empty ocean forever. You just don't know. Okay, I'll take the motorboat then. Okay, the, the, the sailing boat. Uh, will also keep you afloat, but um, you're still at the mercy of the currents and the wind, but you do have a limited kind of amount of control. Um, but to be honest, most of what happens is still out of your hands. Yeah, no, sailing's not really my thing. Too much too much like hard work, I think. Do you know, for once, uh, <laughs> you're not wrong. I was in, uh, where was it? I think it was Greece, one of the Greek islands, a couple of years ago. Um, I went on a, a sailing course. You never told me that. Yeah, I don't know, but I've been keeping it from you uh, because it didn't have a motor on it and I thought you wouldn't approve. <laughs> no, I wouldn't be bothered and, to listen. And I, I knew loads of people um, that raved about sailing and I thought, well, I never tried it before, so, you know, I'll give it a go. Go on then, what happened? Well, right at the start, they, um, they tell you what to do if you accidentally fall out of the boat. Well, you're but, not going to fall out on purpose, are you? So <laughs> you basically <laughs> have to haul yourself back into the thing and, and then try and get the sail back up. So they made us all try it, and I remember thinking, crikey, that was hard. Let's hope it doesn't actually happen. I thought it was, I thought it was a bit like the what to do in the event of emergency briefing that you get, you know, when you're on an aeroplane and they point at the exits and everything else. I thought it was kind of, you know, one of those... And wasn't it? Oh, turns out you fall out of the boat roughly every 60 seconds. Or at least I did. <laughs> Absolute torture. Now, I, I, I've seen sailing at the Olympics, and I'm pretty sure that they've managed to stay in their boats pretty much throughout the entire thing. Well, I don't know how. Anyway, don't get me started on sailing boats. Well, you bought them up. Anyway, so uh, back to this fantastic analogy, which is taking a lot longer than I thought it was going to do. The sailing boat uh, gives you a kind of a certain amount of control, but on a small scale. But on a larger scale, you're still at the mercy of the currents and the wind. So then we come on to the motorboat. I'll take that. Yes, and of course, with a motorboat, uh, you can get to go wherever you like. It's still affected by the currents and the wind to, to some degree, but in the main, you've got complete control over where you're going and how quickly you get there. Is it a speedboat? Uh, yeah, yeah, it can be a, a big black one with massive engines if you really oh, want. Oh, excellent. <laughs> so the point of the analogy, apart from getting Richard, you all excited about speedboats, is that most people go through life in either a raft or a sailing boat. And the sailing boat can be 
a really, really dangerous place because you think that you're uh, you're in control over where you're going because you're occasionally fiddling with the sail and you're kind of tacking yeah. left and right, or you fall out. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, but the, and, and this is a bit like us when we have these kind of vague short-term goals. We we focus on something for a little while, but in the background, the tide is still taking us wherever it wants without us, frankly, having much to say. So. We feel like we're doing something, but actually it doesn't always affect where we end up. So so what you're saying is that by setting yourself proper goals, you'll end up in a speedboat. I knew you'd understand. <laughs> no, absolutely right. What you need to do is have smart goals that are written down for the key areas of your life, and then you set a series of actions that will, uh, will take you towards them. It's a bit of a strange one because it's difficult to argue that it's not a good idea. Yeah, our brains tell us it sounds a bit anal or a bit too much like hard work or, you know, we don't really have time to do all that. So so then we don't do it and then life just happens to us and we, we don't end up where we want to go. So so what's, uh, what's the best way then of setting goals? Okay, well, we did an episode uh, in the last season which was exclusively focused on, on how to set goals because it's worth spending some time on getting it right. Okay, what, what episode was that called, remember? How to Set Goals. Okay, that's quite snappy, wasn't it? It makes a lot of sense. <laughs> so so what you're saying is that people should check out that episode because uh, you can't be bothered to go through it all again. Spot on, absolutely right. Okay, so personal goal setting is number one. What's your number two then? Okay, number two, uh, you'll like this one, is on. exercise. Oh, you mean we've all got to go down the gym? Well, not necessarily. Um, exercise... Well, it's another no-brainer because we, we can't really argue that it's not good for us. You know, not only does it keep us healthy, it will almost certainly help you live longer. And, of course, what many people don't appreciate is that it has a whole load of other kind of side benefits as well. It makes you happier generally, um, and it also makes you think clearer and better. The problem is that we're just naturally quite lazy. So we, we tend not to like exercise um, so we tend to find excuses for not doing it, like, you know, we don't have time or maybe there's something more important we should be doing instead. Go on then, so what's the solution? The solution, well, the first thing to recognise is that even doing a little exercise can make a big difference. Because, of course, it's all relative. If you're overweight and you haven't exercised for ages, then just doing a small amount is going to make a big difference. One of the great things about exercise is that there's this almost limitless number of, of ways in which you can get fitter. Lots of them don't involve you know, having to buy equipment or, or even leaving the house. But the first step is to have an honest conversation with yourself. You know, do you want to be happier, healthier and live longer? And I can tell you, no massive surprise. Uh, yes. and I, don't even, I might not know you, but I know the answer to that <laughs> question is, is yes. So the next question to yourself uh, is, you know, if you're not exercising regularly, is, is why not? You know, if you want the outcome and you know that exercise will get you there, yeah. what is it about not exercising that's better than being happy, healthy, and living longer? Yeah. So it's a bit of a no-brainer then when it, when it comes, uh, comes to it. That's what you're saying. Well, no, it's not, it's not an easy decision because you've got to try and overcome your brain's inbuilt aversion to doing something that it doesn't really okay. want to do. And, and that's not easy. So my advice to people who don't exercise is to Try and dedicate a, a fixed time every, let's just say every other day initially, to do just five minutes exercise. You know, it doesn't sound like much, but then, you know, next time you do it, just add a, add a minute. So do it for six minutes and seven minutes and so on. Okay. Just commit to yourself um, that you're going to do that. 
And, and you can make whatever promise you like to yourself and you can visualize whatever it is um, that's important to you. You know, maybe, you know, you're going to live longer so you'll see your grandkids. Um, maybe you're going to live longer as a result so you'll see your, your son or daughter walk down the aisle. Whatever it motivates you best to do it. Um, and then also find a form of exercise if you can that you quite like doing. Because what you'll find is that when you do five minutes exercise, it really be, is no hardship at all. So you won't mind doing it much. Uh, and then you'll, you'll start to get a bit of momentum going. And it won't be too long before it's become a habit that you just do. Okay, so that's exercise. That's number two. What's, what's number three? So uh, number three is to make better use of your time. So we're so massively inefficient at what we do that it's ridiculously easy to create a load more free time for you to do more stuff. And it doesn't matter if you want to free up a time to, you know, work on your business or learn a new skill. I mean, you might just want to have more time in bed or, or down the pub. Yep. You know, I, I reckon yep. I, I can get most people an extra 42 hours a week back, which is effectively enough time to have a second job. Or, or maybe to get seriously plastered down the pub, presumably, if that's the option you choose. <laughs> well, uh, hypothetically, although funny enough, that's not what we advocate in our training materials. <laughs> I know, we, d- we definitely missed a trick there, didn't we? I think uh, we could open up a whole new audience for us, so uh, how people can create more time. I know it's an area that uh, we've talked about on uh, on previous podcasts. It is. It's um, in an episode we call Build Your Own Time Machine, uh, if, yeah. if I remember rightly, which I think uh, episode five, series one. Um, so, so rather than repeat, the highlights of that show if you're interested in finding out how you can get a serious amount of time back without giving up on uh, on sleep and so on yeah please do check out that episode uh, as we've got quite a few ideas in there on the, on that subject that we can share with you but hopefully the point is a pretty obvious one we've only got 168 hours Ooh. in a week and our success is governed pretty exclusively by obviously what we do during those hours so if someone gave you 25 percent more hours you could probably double your success. Because, of course, you already spend a fair number of those hours doing stuff like eating and sleeping that's kind of you're already on the hook for. So you'd be effectively doubling your time, uh, your time resource for, uh, for, for, for being able to work on your business. Okay, that's, uh, that was quite a quick one. So I think we're now on to point four. What's, what's point four? Okay, so uh, my fourth point is all about a thing called mindfulness. Oh, okay, so we're talking about uh, sort of meditation, that sort of thing? Yep, absolutely. Um, now, a lot of people view mindfulness with a, a bit of scepticism, mainly because they think it's connected to a lot of um, spiritual stuff that perhaps doesn't uh, really resonate with them. So you're thinking that uh, a lot of people will be saying it's a bit woo-woo or maybe a bit mamby-pamby, that sort of thing? Uh, yes, as ever, your mastery of the English language has enabled you to to nail the point beautifully. I thought so. So, so some people definitely do think it's um, a bit woo woo. That's what I uh, said. Or, or yes, even a bit namby pamby. So um, now, being honest, I wouldn't really describe myself as the world's most spiritual person. But a while ago, one of my my personal mentors told me I should give it a go, and I have to say, it was a bit of a revelation. You see, like so many things, when you when you take away the, the clutter, the, the preconceptions, what you're left with is a pretty sound fundamental principle, which is that your brain gets a bit tired from all of the, the stuff it does day to day, um, and and it appreciates the, the odd bit of downtime now and again to recharge the old batteries. Now, you may think that it should be able to get all that from you know just going to sleep, but actually your, your subconscious is still pretty active then. And funny enough, we think that having some downtime sounds 
perfectly reasonable when it comes to our bodies, um, but we, we rarely think of it as being something that would be a, a good idea for our minds. Yeah, I mean, I can vouch for that because, you, I mean, you introduced me, didn't you? And uh, it really does uh, make a difference. And, you know, I have to say it was a lot easier than I thought. And, uh, you know, there wasn't, there wasn't a joystick in sight. <laughs> exactly right. It was brilliant. Well, it's ridiculously easy to do, and, and you can do it in about you know, 10 to 20 minutes. Plus, it's actually enjoyable, and you do feel more, more chilled and less stressed after you've, uh, after you've done it. Now, uh, there's loads of resources that you can find online on mindfulness and meditation, as well as a, a range of uh, pretty inexpensive apps that can guide you through it if you want to. I actually started off by using um, a thing called uh, Headspace. It's a, a yeah. Headspace app. And... I think the first few sessions are still free. Uh, don't quote me on that, but certainly last time I looked, I they, they were. Are, yeah. um, so you can actually kind of try before you buy, which is always good. Uh, and if you've not tried anything like it before, really would urge you to give it a go and, and see how you find it. Okay, so that's that's mindfulness. Right, uh, we're nearly there. So we've got uh, point number five. What have you got for us here? Okay, so the final point is all about having a routine, something that you do every day. Um, that uh, kind of about half an hour or so of what you'd call me time. What? So we've all got to stop and think about you for 30 minutes, is that, is that absolutely, what it's about? Absolutely right. If you, if you wouldn't mind, I'd, I'd, I'd really like that. Or if you, if you insist, <laughs> you can think about yourself. Oh, instead. brilliant. But um, the, the idea here is, is all about creating a habit. Because habits are really useful things because they're, they're what our subconscious does on autopilot. So when you, when you start to do something regularly, it takes a fair bit of effort and commitment. A bit like going down the gym. You start with all the best intentions, but it can soon fade out because you've, you've not yet made it a habit. But once you've been doing it for a while, it becomes a habit. And habits are far more difficult to break because your subconscious is basically in charge and you, you just naturally do them. Now, the reason that having a routine is so important is because it becomes a dedicated time when you can do all of those things that we've just been talking about. You can do exercise, you can do mindfulness, you can reflect on your goals, whatever daily activities um, that you're going to take to move towards your goals. But once you've got a 30-minute me slot booked every day, it, it just becomes easy. When would you say the best time is to do this routine? Ooh, um... I guess it varies. I mean, personally, I find the best time is first thing in the morning. Um, and mm. if I'm honest, the, the main reason I think that is that the world is, is generally still asleep. So, so you, you, don't have, you don't have that sort of psychological pressure, that, that feeling that you should be doing something else. Uh, also, you know, you're not tired because you just, you've just woken up. Your, your, your diary hasn't been disrupted by the day's events. Plus, of course, you're not getting any calls or emails. Um, all, all you do is basically set the alarm for 30 minutes earlier and, you know, guess what? Your body will automatically adjust by making you feel tired half an hour earlier in the evening. And being very honest, you know, 30 minutes in the morning is worth way more than 30 minutes lasting at night. So mm-hmm. it really is a, a good trade-off. The other thing that you should also introduce, if you can, is a, is a very brief nighttime routine as well. So this is where you just simply take 10 minutes to write down the tasks that you're definitely going to work on tomorrow, and then you kind of prioritize them. You know, these are the things that I'm actually going to do tomorrow. And then what you'll find, bizarrely, is that your brain will actually start working on these whilst you're asleep. Whilst you're asleep. It won't, it won't keep you awake. Um, your, your brain is still active when you, when you sleep. Um, it doesn't switch off. Um, so, in fact, um, you, you kind of end up getting a better night's sleep, arguably, because you're, you're going to bed with a plan all set for tomorrow. It's just one less thing to worry about. 
Wow. wow. Ian, that's that's fantastic. Thanks for that. I mean, I'm conscious of time because, uh, uh, you know, we've been banging on a bit and uh, most people would be pretty bored by now. But I think... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> As ever, a, yeah. a pleasure being interviewed by you. That's right. I'll give you a compliment when it's due. But, uh, you know, if I were able to take three things from what you said today, uh, you know, that people should perhaps reflect on, I think they'd be... Let me have a think. The first one... Uh, that having personal goals is the most important element in my view. I mean, having no goals is like trying to travel but not knowing where you're going. I mean, it's actually a, a, a massive own goal if we don't set personal goals. Pardon, pardon the pun. Like what you did there. Uh, uh, yeah, it's good, wasn't it? And make you know, and it, it can make a world of difference of 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 how successful you are and what you can achieve. So for me, I think that is that is really really important. Uh, second thing, the whole exercise thing is such a big one. I mean, it's easy not to do it, yet we all know that we should be doing it. But, I mean, the, the, the trade-off is immense, isn't it? Oh, absolutely, yeah. I mean, the problem, the problem that, that kind of humans attach, um, we attach more importance to avoiding short-term pain than, than to long-term pleasure or benefit. Yeah. So um, let me think of an example. If I, if I was to say to, let's just say, a 50-year-old person that uh, if they were to do 30 minutes exercise each day, they'll live to 85 instead of living to 75. Okay, so yeah, sounds yeah. pretty straightforward. Um, then come tomorrow morning when it's cold and wet outside and the last thing that they fancy doing is going for a run or hitting the gym, their brain somehow rationalises this and, and thinks that missing one session can't make a big difference. So they think, okay, I kind of get the whole live an extra 10 years, but it's wet outside, so I'm going to stay in bed and, and, and I'll go for a run some other time. And, of course, guess what? They give themselves the same argument the next time <laughs> and the next time. And as a result, they never end up doing it. And so, yeah, no surprise, uh, in this scenario, they die at 75. Well, you're cheery. I, but if I take the same person who didn't go for a run and I ask them on the eve of their 75th birthday... Would they like to die tomorrow or in 10 years' time? Then their brain, bizarrely, now has a, a very strong preference for doing whatever it takes to live 10 years longer. It's funny, that, isn't it? It is funny. But, you know, why they didn't think it was important 25 years ago? Well, it's because the pain is now, you know, round the corner. It's imminent. Yes. They're going to die tomorrow and not in 25 years' time, so their reaction is different. So the trick, I mean, you can see how, how daft that is. So the, the, the trick is to tell yourself, that your brain is just kind of poorly wired to make the correct decision on that. So you have to rationalise that, you know, dodging that run will cost you 10 years of your life. And so, you, therefore, you go and do it, regardless. I think if there's any 75-year-olds out there listening, if Ian turns up on your door, you realise he's got bad news with you. You're going to die tomorrow. <laughs> Look, thirdly, uh, I think my final, well, final one was about the routine. You know, I found that it made uh, such a huge difference, you know, because it, it guaranteed that I got things done. So for me, that yeah. was really important. Now, there's always 30 minutes when I could have had that, that me time. And, uh, you know, it paid me back throughout the day because I was less stressed out, more focused, and it ultimately had more energy, yeah. really, at the end no, of the day. Absolutely right, absolutely right. Okay, uh, that's great. Thanks, Ian. Thanks for that. Very, very good. Well, that's all we've got time for in this episode, but uh, please join us again next time when we'll be giving you the inside track on another part of the property world. In the meantime, feel free to check out our other episodes and you can visit our website, which is at propertyceo.co.uk. But until next time, it's goodbye from us both. Goodbye.